Okay. What I want to do is share a passage out of Luke 2. These are all favorite stories, right? <laughs> I mean, we talk about Christmas season. Uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> I want to talk about the shepherds. I like this particular passage because, uh, for one, it, it's dealing with ordinary people. And there are times when I'm wondering, why would God speak to me? Why would God want to intervene in my life? Why would, you know, and I think when we're aware of our own foibles or insufficiencies, whatever else is connected to that, insecurities, um, there's a question, does God even want to talk to us? And I find it amazing that he reached out to the shepherds. Now, I'm assuming that King David was going, yeah, nice touch. You know, him having been a shepherd. But this was the midnight crew. I mean, they're working the night shift. And, uh, you know, them and fishermen and a few others. But, and, and it would have been a fairly common job because they didn't have many of the jobs that we have today, right? There were no techno geeks back then. Um, but also no factories, no mills. No restaurants, and you can just click off. No hospitals, no colleges, you know, just click off the list. But they were working the night shift. And uh, God chose to reach out and speak to them in that circumstance. And I love that. I love the idea of him um, bumping into something that would have been just another day, another activity and yet deciding to share the, the wonder of the ages with them. Pretty amazing to me. Um, these are guys that wouldn't have been scared by much. I mean, they dealt with thieves and wild animals and everything else most of their lives. And yet, suddenly when an angel appears, they're kind of freaked by it all. And, and uh, you know, there's a whole host coming, but, you know, the, the, the nice part was at least they were warned you know, with, with one of them coming and, and said, don't be frightened. So it says, they're guarding their sheep. All at once an angel came down to them from the Lord. And the brightness of the Lord's glory flashed around them. They were frightened. This is something they obviously have never seen before. The angel said, don't be afraid. I have good news for you. So he, he leaves their fears immediately and says, there's something more important going on here. Not here just to scare you, not here just to wow you, but you need to know that this is what's taking place. In the very day in the, David's hometown, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And uh, you know, in that, you know, there's three titles given here, right? There's that idea of Savior and then Christ and Lord. And so this declaration is going out. This Savior, the one who's going to save you from your sins, the one who's going to transform your lives, the one who's going to change the day, that's who's coming to town. And furthermore, this idea of Christ is the one that the Jewish people had waited for, the anointed one, the promised Messiah. That, that was a part of their thinking for centuries. And so suddenly he's saying, this is the day. And then, of course, Lord is the idea of the authority, the ruler of all things. And so these titles are given as, as the angel announces this. And then it says, uh, you'll find them dressed in, in, in clothes, lying in a manger. And, 
And, uh, you know, it's just this astounding thing of it's going to be very ordinary, this birth. And as Charlie mentioned, it, it, it's, it's something that timing-wise and situation-wise, we'd all go, this just doesn't make sense to us. Something different should be taking place. It says, suddenly many other angels came down from heaven and joined in praising God. And they said, praise God in heaven, peace on earth to everyone who pleases God. And, and, and as I'm looking at that, I'm trying to think, are there any other passages in Scripture when you recognize that many angelic beings in one setting? You know, you have a situation with uh, the servant's eyes being opened so he could see the heavenly hosts around but you don't have this breaking in like this in any other setting because it is a very important day in heaven and on earth. And so heaven is taking off in celebration and there's this awareness. This is what the ages are about. This is the, the culmination of, of an essential point in history. And so heaven's celebrating even though the rest of earth doesn't really get it at that moment. So even in our thinking, this has, to, this has to remain as a focal point within our own understanding and teaching. You know, when there's all this going on within our culture, saying, well, it, you know, God is God, it doesn't matter what religion. This is separate. And events like this pointed to the separateness of it. You know, the fact that there's a whole heavenly host making this declaration. Why? Because God himself is saying, this moment is precious to us. This moment is special in history. Heaven reacts. It's a really big deal. So after the angels left, it says they'd gone back to heaven, and the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and see what the Lord has told us about. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and saw the baby lying in a bed of hay. So, you know, having that encounter, they say, we've got to check this out. They go, they find this very ordinary thing. And I guess what strikes me about a baby in a manger is that, you know, we'd be going, allergies, germs, danger, you know, start clicking it off. And, you know, why would he take that chance with the Son of God? except that he has authority over allergies and germs and danger and everything else. The same God that has authority over these things is the same God that protects our own children. You know, that we get all these concerns and worries, and will they survive? Well, somehow they do, in half for centuries. Because there's one watching over their lives that's mightier than us mightier than our ordinariness, mightier than our understanding, mightier than our capabilities, who is, who's declared life over us and watches over our lives, knows the hairs of our head. So there, there is something that, you know, if, if we're going to step into concepts like Sabbath and truly being able to say, I can stop for a time, or I don't have to worry about the expense of this for the moment. Or I don't have to worry about the conditions right now. The only way to do that is to trust one who is 
in control of those things and has authority over them. And to say, He will provide enough time, He will provide the resources, He will provide the abilities to accomplish this. There's a trust that has to go back to Him in it. And so even in this story, I see things that point to having to trust Him and say, yeah, were the conditions ideal? Well, to, where, to our way of thinking, no. But did they make one iota of difference in heaven? Not at all. What we have to believe is that if He's called us to be and do and act in this day and age and in our setting and in our context, everything about our lives, if He's called us to the task, He will enable us to carry it out. And so there's this, there's this awe that kind of comes into our lives that says, I really can have a sense of peace about my life. And I can rest in Him. And I can trust Him that He understands these circumstances better than I do. Every time I go on Amazon, I like that, I like that, I like that. And then people who bought this also generally. And, and it, you know, there's this buildup of, I really need that too, you know? And then, but that, that trust that in his time, and if I truly need it, as much as I needed what I just bought, you know, um, that'll, that'll come about. But a lot of that is just the anxiety of the moment that just says, possessions, that's good, let's, let's have it. And we have to come back to this point of trust that says, born in a manger, you know, in a stable, not even in the hometown, not even, you know, nothing the same. All new germs, different house, you know. And yet, to trust him. Well, when the shepherds saw Jesus, they told his parents about what the angel had said about him. Everyone listened and was surprised. Mary pondered these things or kept thinking about this and wondering what it meant. There's an affirmation. You know, Joseph had had his encounters with the angel, but he, he had wondered, is this even right? Mary had been told, well, how can this be? She still walked through it, and, and suddenly there's others affirming this again. You know, I, I look at this, and, you know, it's a good thing that Mary stored these things in her heart because. I assume that when the New Testament church was getting together and it's declared that Mary was there, I assume that she's the one that's filling in the details of his birth so that we have these passages. You know, that she was telling those who would eventually write the story, this is, how, this is what took place. She's treasuring these things. She's holding them. She's acknowledging God's in this. Don't know where it's going exactly, but know that God is connected to this. Angels talking to shepherds are coming to see us in the middle of the night. Who'd have thunk? And she's just storing it away and saying, 
there's something unusual going on. It says, they returned to their sheep. They were praising God and saying wonderful things about him. Everything they had seen and heard was just as the angel had said. And so, you know, they go back home. They have to go back to work. But at the same time, they will not be the same. And the, and the response is a praise to God and an honoring and glorifying of Him. I guess, you know, I, I was looking at this and I'm going, my prayer is that for all of us that we would have encounters with God during this season. Our lives would be changed. We would not go back to being the same. There would be this praising of God coming out of the experiences that we have with Him. That's what happened in this setting and that's what we ask for in this day. For our lives as well. Why don't you stand with me? Thank you for your scripture that speaks life to us. Thank you again for this Christmas season. Thank you that we can remember with wonder what you have done. And the celebration that took place then among the angels is something that draws our attention to the idea that this truly was special. We celebrate it in you again. Transform our lives by your power, we pray. Let your Holy Spirit... Let there be praise coming out from our lips, honoring you for your connection with the earth and your willingness to invest in us. Amen. Just during this Christmas season, we do want to keep our focus upon this is about Christ and his birth and and we know that and acknowledge it together. Trust that God will enjoy, allow you to enjoy the celebration of Christmas season and just uh, your time with families will be spent in a way that truly brings honor to him. I'm going to pray for God's blessing upon you and ask his favor for you during this season. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of joy that you hold for their lives. May they discover your peace. May they know that you intend favor for them. May they discover the fullness of salvation as you wash away sins and fear, shame, guilt. As you bring new life and transform, remove addictions and habits, we have no power in ourselves to do. Let that be the message and the acknowledgement of this group. Lord, I also pray that as we go into the community, that you'll give us words of life to speak, particularly during this Christmas season. Allow us to declare with boldness your salvation. We pray that our deeds will be fitting with the workings of your kingdom. Allow a graciousness and a generosity to be about our lives, a kindness and a humility. We also ask, Lord, that you'd enable us with the supernatural.